Welcome to the Dasangoy Podcast, a collective exploration of Pakistani history and culture. In this episode of Dasangoy Podcast, we get to sit down with Faria Salauddin, the founder of Wusak, one of the first boutique hotels in the heart of Lahore. Faria talks about her life growing up and how her parents instilled the sense of travel and wonder at a very young age. We get to hear the story of how all of the different moving parts came in to create a beautifully soulful place that many people from around the world call their home. So let's get straight to Faria. Faria, thank you so much for being on the Dasangi podcast. I really appreciate you taking out the time um, and joining us today. I want to start with a little bit about you. How did you get to being the founder of one of the most prestigious and most beautiful um, boutique hotels or boutique residences in Lahore? How did, how did your journey kind of get you to here? Okay, thank you, Matt, for having me on Tastan Koi. Um, I don't know how you dig out people because it always amazes me how people not sitting in Pakistan manage to you know, sort of identify who they want to have conversations with. But um, a background on me, I think I grew up in a household. Um, so originally from Koita, uh, born, uh, born uh, in Punjab, but raised, brought up schooling all in Koita and then in primary schooling in the US and then all over the country because my father was with the um, civil services. So um, I always grew up in households where my grandmother, my mother were very home proud people. So it was always about home, tradition, cultures. Um, it was about learning from the West, but embracing your own traditions and doing it so beautifully and gracefully that people would be in awe um, as to why and how we were, um, you know, so comfortable uh, doing that and not like kind of being impressed with either the West or the Europeans. And we do have all those influences, all of us in the subcontinent, but it's just embracing more of our traditions than anything else. Um, I think my own background, because we've never really had a permanent place um, for any time longer than probably five to six years because of a buzz service. So we were moving from literally from Diai Khan to uh, Okara to uh, Karachi, Lahore, Koita, the US, everything all over. So I think that kind of brought uh, an inbuilt passion for places, for uh, cultures and for people and meeting new people. So I think the backdrop of all of this was coming from that. Um, Again, I think while growing up, the two emphasis that we had in our household were always education and two, the second one was travel. It was never about, you know, inheritances, properties, uh, jewelry, clothes. It was always and always about travel, 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 educate yourself. Even in your travels, educate yourself. Even in your education, you should travel. So I think we grew up with that. And even though I'm a banker, by um, profession, an ex-banker, 21 years of banking, 17 years of corporate and about uh, five years of retail banking. But I chose to do this because I, when I traveled to Europe and I traveled to the East, I saw that people took real pride in their culture and their tradition and they opened up and they revived these old homes and they had these beautiful setups, which, which I was superbly keen to go and stay in because they would always have some kind of a story, some kind of a tradition, some kind of an element that I would always feel was 
something that was special for me in that vacation and not something that anybody could buy just because they had money and they could afford to stay in the luxury corporate hotels. So I think that was one of the reasons. And when my husband bought this property a few years ago and he made the dire mistake of taking his wife and showing her the property, <laughs> he said, you know what, I'm going to ship my office here and I'm going to, um, uh, you know, build a commercial property on on another property that he'd bought. And my reaction was, you can't do this. Just look at this house. How can you do this? Look at the construction. Look at the design. Look at the woodwork. Look at this. He's like, okay, hold your horses. Uh, stop talking from emotions. This has to make sense. Why don't you do a business plan? And I said, sorry, I'm not going to do that. Um, I know what I want. And he's like, well, this is stupidity. And he kind of brushed it away. And he's like, whatever. Um, I think a year, year and a half later, again, I went to the house for some odd reason. And he had one of his calligraphers and sitting there and working on his calligraphies, which my husband loves to have um, calligraphies uh, commissioned for on, on the works of his grandfather or Maulana Room or the Qur'an Park. So I saw the gentleman sitting there and I said, you know, that house is being wasted. There's one gentleman. He's literally dumped all his stuff and the house is going. He said, well, what do you want to do? I said the same thing I said a year and a half ago. He's like, but what about the business plan? I said, okay, let's make a deal. You hand over the property. I will invest my life savings and I will do this. But that's where the business plan lies. He's like, you must be crazy. Do you realize this is an old property? And this is a property that belongs to the 1950s. So it's approximately 75 years old. Beautifully constructed, no credit to us. The structure is solid, 15 inches thick walls. Um, the, the woodwork is stunning, no credit to us. Um, I think some of the things were so well thought through that I think we just inherited a gem and um, not inherited, but we bought a gem and got lucky with it. And then I started working with it. And what I do was I was working at the bank at that point. And in the six in the evening, I'd come to the site. I'd sit with the contractors till about two in the morning. And by contractors, I mean directly with the labor, not a middleman. So if it was the um, masoner, I would be sitting with him. If it was the plumber, I'd be sitting with him. If it was a carpenter, the polisher, the paint works. Literally from the vanities of the bathrooms, I sat and I sketched the designs. Um, and, and then there are challenges with old properties. So, you know, so all of that just came through. And I think it was more of me wanting to do it rather than anything else. So sorry for going like all over the place. With the I love it. With the I love it. it. It truly shows like, you know, traveling around Pakistan and, and, and embodying the different cultures and the different stories from your grandparents to the way you were raised um, to then, like, I mean, all of this starts to make sense when you look at Wusak then, right? Because uh, it truly is Faria uh, embodied in a place in that sense. Um, in all of the stories, in all of the travels and in, in the way people are hosted, I think it's it's beautiful. And, and thank you for that long answer because it, 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 it kind of summed up a lot of the questions that I had to begin with. Uh, but that's beautiful. So I'll tell you you, did, you didn't have any background in architecture or in design. It was all just the experiences and the stories that you were coming up with from growing up and traveling around. You know, like when you're 
when you're traveling and you keep being moved from place to place you become very extroverted and you're able to meet people and able to kind of judge experiences learnings the way of being or you become very introverted and you're like i don't i don't know how to talk to people and i don't know how to interact and i don't know how to kind of absorb everything that is there for me and it's very difficult i personally am not a big fan of moving around too much i've moved a little bit in my life but it, it it's always difficult to be able to recreate who you are and your social circle and your surroundings and what you like but on the other end when i travel um and i go and i, I refuse to go for like anything less than a couple of weeks because i feel like a, my it's like I've come in this state of mind where like anything less than a month is you don't get to experience the place. You don't get to experience the people. You don't get to experience the, 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 the environment and the culture of a place. So how do you bring all of what you've kind of gained from experiences growing up? And I loved also what you talked in terms of, you know, look at the West and see their stories and see how you can build a bridge. which I really do think that Wusak is that bridge as well um, between the East and the West, because it makes people understand, you know, what Eastern cultures and the richness of Eastern cultures and the art and everything else that you kind of embody and you, you, you take, um, you know, and, and showcase so beautifully the importance of that for you. Um, how, do you how do you do that on a daily basis with, with a place like Wusak? Well, um... I think um, let's begin with the meaning of Vasak and then that explains how and why we do it. So Vasak is a name that my husband came up with. I wanted him to think of a name and he took this name out of a poem by Lama Iqbal, which actually speaks about a home, a home in paradise where there is a canopy of trees and where friends gather under the canopy of trees to meet and to sit and to enjoy one another's company. And, you know, I just thought it was just meant to be because this house has a courtyard in the back, which has a canopy of fruit trees with birdsong. And, um, you know, you we literally sit outdoors and it's always about friends getting together, whether it's guests or it's friends, it's always under the canopy or in the courtyard. So um, I think that was the natural, Some somehow the energy, the vibes, they were given it was just i was one of i mean i was lucky that i was given this opportunity i had a husband who was very very encouraging in terms of not interfering uh giving me a free hand saying okay you know you you know need to know what you're doing and go ahead and just do it i don't have a background on it but you know traveling over the years did teach me to adjust one of the funny things is that in my report card in school, I always used to get good grades, but I always used to get a comment, very talkative. My mother used to say, you know, she just does it like in a car, she'd say, chup kar jau, and I used to be a baby. And she yeah. tells me, she used to tell me the story that I'd say, bhaes guzri, tota guzra, chudya guzri. So my mother was like, my God, no wonder. So, you know, there's this joke that if my father always used to say, agar isko, you know, you, she's deserted on an island. Trust me, we need to be prepared that she's going to bring the entire <laughs> island habitats back with her and there's going to be a party going because this is just her. So I think um, moving from place to place 
I found it a lot of fun because I got to meet new friends. Um, and the most exciting bit would be how my mother's going to set up the new home. So I'd always be yeah. like, you know, yeah. watching that. Um, the thing is, I've been raised by my grandmother. So I was two months old. I was given to her and I've been raised in Koita. So while my father was posted all over, my mother was a pediatrician by profession. My, my elder brother would be traveling with them. I was stationed in Koita. It's only when we, my father went to the US and we were there for four years that I traveled with them, came back, went back to Koita and then was with my parents in Karachi, Islamabad once my grandmother passed away. So I haven't done that much of uh, shifting, but I've done substantially a lot, but it's always been a lot of fun. And I think I was at an age where I could watch my mother set up the house, enjoy her going for upholstery shopping. And she was a pediatrician, so she was no nonsense. Like in the morning, she'd work. She wouldn't run an evening private clinic or anything. In the evening, she was devoted to the family. So it was all about entertaining. And my parents were great entertainers. So, you know, um, open house uh, dinners, parties, khada kebabs in Karachi, parties would start at 10, would finish at 6 in the morning, we would have our exams, they'd be like, well, you have to study and come to that level and then, you know, participate. So I've grown up in a household, which is in my grandmother's house was an open house, everyone would come then. Luckily, my in-laws, my mother-in-law and father-in-law were great entertainers. So their home was always, always an open home where, you know, the family would converge, friends would converge, evenings would happen. So I think I've been very blessed. I've never had that, you know, silos upbringing. It was always about adjusting, cousins coming in, mattresses being put into the bedrooms, room sharing, uh, meals always being extended family, um, friends coming in. So it's always been community. So I think that came naturally. And then when office, my mother, my late mother, her name is Gulnayir, said, And would organize, she'd have immaculately laid out buffet. She knew crockery, dinner set, patterns afternoon dinner set. So in, I mean, her, my mother's greatest, I think, material fetish was crockery. And she's got over about 25 odd, you know, um, sets. And they're divided between breakfast, lunch and dinner with matching linen and tablecloths and, you know, accessories and whatnot. And I think that is what kind of, um, you know, got me um, excited about all of this. So I think Wasak was an opportunity to showcase what I'd learned over the years, actively and passively through the travels. And because like I said, travel was a big high. Um, my Rotary scholarship on vocational training for banking and finance was from Bavaria, Germany. Yeah. So again, um, you know, and then every time I would save up some money, it would always be about traveling. So um, my husband and I, we did our honeymoon in Syria. We were there for 14 days. So Damascus, uh, Aleppo, Homs, Palmyra, all the places that are now practically inaccessible, either because they're destroyed or not. And, you know, this is the opportunity that's great because I remember my mother saying, go to Syria. And I was like, why? And I remember crying uh, in Aleppo and calling her and saying, this is not a honeymoon. This is a Hajj moon because every place we're going has so many, you know, um, um, so many 
uh, individuals uh, of religious elevation and um, level buried there ke matlab theek hai maine hazrat bilal رضی اللہ تعالیٰ کے شرائن پہ جانا تھا وہاں فاتحہ پڑھنی تھی بٹ ایوری وے ویڈ گو مائی ہسبینڈ ووڈ فائنڈ یو نو شرائنس اینڈ وی ووڈ جسٹ گو اینڈ سی ہاضرین آئی سیٹ یو نو وائی سیٹ یو ریمبر دس اینڈ آئی ریمبر اٹ ٹو ڈیٹ ہاؤ بیوٹیفل وی وی اسٹیڈ آن دا روئنس ان پالمیرا ان اے ٹینٹ وچ واز ایبسلوٹلی بیوٹیفل یو نو دا دا بازار دا سوک ان الیپو دیٹ از بین بامڈ وی اسٹیڈ رائٹ اکراس that um just the cultures i mean similarly if you talk about morocco you talk about spain you um talk about portugal um syria you talk about the far east you've got sri lanka you've got uh burma you've got um you know india has done so much in terms of history and culture and heritage but the good lessons are there to learn. We had a common history. We had a common heritage, whatever the religious differences, but they have managed to preserve their, um, you know, uh, palaces, their monuments. They've opened them up for tourism. Ours is a long journey yet. Um, you know, the Jeffrey Bhava properties in Sri Lanka are stunning, yeah. mind-boggling. The Riyadhs in Morocco, unbelievable. The places we stayed, 100 hectares of covered Medinas um, from the seventh century, second century to the ninth century. Every Riyadh has a history in itself. So I was just with Wasak. I just wanted that, you know, we are so rich in our culture and history. Somebody should be able to say, that in Pakistan, you have at least one place that has started this. And I hope that people pick up from it. And I hope that people copy Wasak and make much better versions of Wasak because no matter how many of these we have across the country, they won't be enough. I think Gujranwala um, has beautiful architecture of its own. Gujarat has its own. Karachi has beautiful structures. Sialkot Lele, you know, Rawalpindi Lele, Purana, mid-century pre-partition revive those properties whoever owns it even in the whole model town stunning properties um but people just don't it's easier to scrap it malba girao beach though modern building banao fantastic floor to roof seal uh, windows banalo modern accessories kardo dubai zindabad thailand zindabad create two great buddhas at the entrance think you're in, and i have nothing against that i mean i think they look beautiful i just i just I'm obsessed with our culture. So I just it's, feel that we can. I love that. And it's very important. It's, it's actually extremely important. You're preserving a part of history. You're letting people come and experience that. Um, and also the sense of community job, of entertaining, of being storytellers yourselves. Um, actually, there's a very beautiful story that you relate to me when we first had a talk. Uh, where I think it was the first people that came to Wusak and you had to run and, and go and, and greet them when it was like two, three o'clock in the morning. I'd love for people to hear that story because it tells a lot about who Faria is as well. Oh, that was ins- I think it's insanity. So Faria is insanity mixed with uh, absolute adventure. Uh, but I think when the first uh, guest came, I remember they had a 3.30 Emirates flight and they were arriving and I remember getting up in the middle of the night and I had this alarm clock on and I um, got up to rush out and I said to my husband and he says, where are you off to? I said, I'm going to Wasak. He said, what for? I said, there are guests coming. He said, what? 
you're going there. So guests are coming. You have staff there. I said, Iqbal, that's not the concept of Musaq. Musaq is home. If we had guests coming here right now, would you not get up to greet them? He said, yes. But my wife is going to go at 3.30 in the morning to greet random people. I said, to her home. So that's the thing. And he just looked at me and said, well, I'm telling you, you're going to, this is crazy and this is insane. And we'll talk about it in the morning. Anyways, I went, I settled them in, came back. In the morning, I was getting ready again. And he's like, where are you off to now? I said, well, breakfast overseeing. He's like, what? You're going to be standing and overseeing breakfast for random strangers. I said, Iqbal, right now, I'm not your wife. I'm not the banker. Um, I'm not your wife. I'm not someone's daughter. This is work for me. These people have been promised a certain you know, experience. And if they don't get it, how are we different from any other commercial entity that just gives itself up to managers? And of course, because of the scale, they give themselves up, not because they, they prefer to do that. It's a different business model. And I think slowly and steadily he realized that he got used to the 2 a.m. wake-ups and the 1 a.m. wake-ups and the 6 o'clock mornings and <laughs> the evening welcomes. And, and by now he's like in the middle of his uh, sleep. After, in the third year, he now says, Kes And I just say, Khudafis. And then I come back and he's like, Aage se, And that's it. So, yeah, I, I think he's, I mean, I had soft to him. I think my, my strength in my life has been truly my mother uh, and my father, of course, uh, together, my brothers, and above all, um, I think, um, well, or not above all, but not any less, my husband, because he's absolutely been very, very encouraging in this entire madness that I've taken up. I love that. I mean, I, I love, like when you when you said that, it just put like a massive smile on my face because it shows the, the person that you are, like, it, it exemplifies Wusak as well, right? Because Wusak at the end of the day is you. I mean, but I want to add something here, Imad, because Wusak would not be complete without me sharing that with you. So when I was doing Wusak, I had recently lost my mother and I lost her very suddenly. Um, and she was 68. So Wusak is a tribute to my mother. Her name was Gulnayar. So every room is named after a flower. So we have five rooms and then two, um, you know, communal rooms. So the rooms go from Gule Lehmi, uh, Gule uh, Bahar, Gule Daudi, Gule Nargis, Gule Wafa, Gulab, and Gulmohar. And they're all a tribute to her. Beautiful. And when I was setting up the room, uh, the house, since I didn't have her around and I was, you know, struggling between breaking down on days and trying to do this and thinking, what would she have done? Would she have used this color? Would she have done that? And I think the loss was so recent that I, so in like an angel came, a very, very dear friend, um, Angelus Espino Rashid, who commonly known or more affectionately known as Angie Rashid. Um, uh, she was like a friend who was like a friend, a mother, a confidant, introduced to me by my husband, she would make beautiful frames for her, his calligraphies. And she made beautiful furniture. And she does make furniture to date under the brand name of Darkin. Um, she and, I mean, I started talking to her and I would take my mood boards to her. And she knew that I'd lost my mother. And she was very, you know, close to me on that. Call. So every time I take a mood board, she'd look at it and she says, perfect. And she like literally I get a sign off and there were two, three things that she changed in the overall scheme. Like I wanted flowing curtains. She said nothing doing. We're going to put invisible blinds, Spanish blinds. I wanted uh, like a bar 
in the kitchen. She said, nothing doing. We're going to have an island with stools with leather on it. So every piece in Vusak, uh, every room in Vusak has a piece by Angie's brand, Darkin. But everything in Vusak has an angelic, creative overview by her. And she's been standing by me through every step. Like she will ask every week, how many guests do, do you have? Is it going well? Is there anything? And now with the makeover, because she spends six months a year in Spain and six months in Pakistan. So now with her about to leave in May, we're trying to expedite as much of the things as we can. So a lot of stuff has been done, but it's hidden. So when you asked earlier on, if I was at Wasak, I couldn't be at Wasak because it's literally bare walls, lots of furniture piled up, upholstery here, stuff there. So it's just madness right now. You'll probably see it in a month, month and a half. And it'll, because we are hoping to open um, inshallah, inshallah, uh, in the first week of June now. We're closed till the end of May okay. um, to, for all the renovations and the makeover. And um, so Andy deserves a special thing uh, because she's been my guiding light in the absence of my mother. And secondly, it's because of her that we had the Spanish connection and the Spanish ambassador to Pakistan, Carlos Morales, the, not the current one, but his predecessor, inaugurated Musak on the 2nd of Feb 19, oh, sorry, 2018. And uh, the current ambassador, um, uh, Manuel Duran, uh, he uh, re-endorsed uh, the Spanish, uh, you know, uh, sort of patronage of Musak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, it's been amazing. We posted a number of mats and array of uh, expats, uh, royals from um, the UAE. Uh, we've uh, hosted a lot of our own, uh, you know, Pakistanis settled abroad. And it's been such a great experience. Uh, we've learned along the way. We've learned a lot of things because I was never in hospitality. I didn't know a lot of things we would get feedback on. A lot of things people would say, my God, are you sure you want I mean, in the beginning, people would say, are you sure you know how many artworks you have here? These smaller ones can just go into my handbag. And I would always be like, Ke Vusak is a concept just me hamesha referral doston ka ya family ka hoga. So agar mere dost ya family galat hai, to phir aage se rehne wala galat hoga, to phir shayad cheez chori ho jayegi. So, I mean, I know ke jab log aate thai aur Vusak dekhte thai, shuru shuru mein jab amne iski opening ki and you know at the inauguration we had like 140 people, wine or d'oeuvres. People were like, are you mad? I mean vintage carpets, upholsteries collected Uzbekistan se kya, to Syria se kya, to Morocco se kya, you know, all over. Um, my mother's old uh, crockery, my uh, you know, mother-in-law's vintage carpets. People said, are you mad? You're opening this up to strangers. And I was like, please, it constantly just go back to the meaning of Wasak, a home in paradise, a home where you welcome your friends under a canopy of trees. How can I detach from that home and make it a cookie cutter place? Yeah. And, you know, not, and, you know, yes, things will break and things might get damaged, but I'm willing to take that risk because I know with that, with the model we've got going here, with the kind of referral-based guests that we accept, we'll be okay. So, if people were expecting probably on a scale of one to 10 damages to the degree of about nine, I think our damages have been less than one. 
That's beautiful. Because people have loved it. People have embraced it. We have certain policies which people find difficult, but then they're okay. It's an adult-only property, no children, because the wiring is um, a bit low. Uh, It's dangerous. The architecture has uh, low uh, terrace, uh, you know, edges um also because a lot of the artwork and the you know the sculptures inside are not child friendly so we just avoid that secondly it's a no smoking indoors people a lot of locals always want to smoke in their rooms so i think we don't get that clientele um we don't do meal service because if i was staying at your house imad i wouldn't be asking your cook to give me, give me food in my bedroom um we don't have mini bars telephones or a bell in the room why because you're in your home there's a kitchen there's a minimal staff they're there for housekeeping so you know yes we've learned a lot of things along the way like a lot of the clientele we can't cater to because they always want to smoke in their room they want room service they want the staff to be literally serving them and the staff's not there for that the staff at wasak is like family they're there for housekeeping and just they enjoy the space as much as the guests do they're not there to do servicing in the, they lay out beautiful lunches and dinners in the alfresco dining um but the idea is not to make them run your personal errands it's about to making the home comfortable for your stay you know they they do chai they do stuff but they're not there literally as somebody you can boss around yeah. they so, actually turn around and say bibi ye wo hame keh rahe the to humne nahi kiya and i was like oh no and then i deal with it which is fine That's beautiful. Um Faria, I have one more question for you. Um which is Bolni hua abhi tak. Nahi, no no no, I can go on for an hour like if aapke koi follow ho logi to fir main masla ho jayega na. That's why I'm like okay, this can I like I want to sit down and learn all of the stuff from you because I think you're the No, guy. I'm not going to give you any more information until you come to Wasak. and you experience it yourself and i'll obviously be after june because before that don't come yeah. to wasak it's abhi to, abhi to lahore mein lockdowns bhi hoye hain so that's why we're, we're in islamabad right now so we've moved to islamabad we were like still waiting on on oh. the hall will be opened up but yeah we've been in, in, in islamabad for like a month now um so yeah so, you have to come to wasak 100% last question for you is three experiences that have changed you as a person the most with wasak you as a person it could be wasak it could be anything um i think losing my mother i think a part of me just doesn't exist anymore i i just i'm sorry i'm i i just i think i can't ever get used to not having her around so i am a changed person I think I was very mothers make you very carefree they make you a princess even when they don't make you a princess they're constantly telling you how you need to perfect yourself but um, I think losing my mother definitely my elder brother lives in the US having him far away always missing him you know and trying to balance not like being a little baby and crying my younger brother's here which is great because I don't have kids and it's like he's my child so he's constantly bichara <laughs> also at times he's like apa seriously like <laughs> can you not do this right now i was like okay um but other than that i think um the other thing that changed me greatly was professionally moving away from corporate banking into retail banking um corporate banking is a very prestigious job it it connects you with the outer world uh in terms of your clientele um and it makes you excel 
with the best of the best in terms of, um, you know, you're dealing with corporate entities, you're dealing with big numbers, you're dealing with grand lifestyles, you're dealing with um, a very, very um, sort of, uh, uh, let's say, very corporate profile. And then I shifted to retail banking for five years. And I remember the then president of the bank asked me, he said, you can't do retail banking. You're cut out for corporate. And I was like, no, but I want to do retail. And I remember he refused me a job while I was in corporate. And then I left corporate banking and then went back to him and said, now I'm no longer there. Um, sorry, I, I was, I had left corporate. I went to him. He said, no, you're a corporate banker. You can't do retail banking. And then I got another job with corporate. And then I went to him and I said, I have a job in corporate right now. Now I want a job in retail. And he said, you're mad. And I joined that and it taught me how to then work with teams, work with people. Um, because retail is a very different, it's a very different madness. Um, you know, I don't want to be harsh, but a lot of the people in branch banking um, are kind of, you know, forced to stay in their regions and their positions over time and their ability to grow is fairly limited. Um, but those that do, do it brilliantly. But I was in awe of the fact that in corporate, you're always giving out money, you're lending. In retail, you're always asking people to deposit their money with you. And I have been perpetually over the five years in awe of all the branch managers, all the branch staff that would bring in the deposit saying, how do they do this? How do they, you know, ask someone to give money, then the person trusts them. And then every month they keep their numbers up and they keep going and they go brilliantly well. And it taught me how to work internally within the bank rather than externally, how to work with people who came from very varied backgrounds, because you have a branch that's in Lahore in Kent. You have a branch that's on the outskirts in Chadra. Then you have a, a branch that's in Kamuki. So working with the local banks, even though I worked with ANC, Standard Chartered, Habib, uh, UBL, and Bank Al-Fala, I worked with the locals and I worked with the uh, foreign banks. But honestly, jo retail ke andar complexities hai na, wo corporate mein nahi hai. Corporate is, is, is really, you have to, it's, it's a prestigious position. In retail, it's wow. It's, it's an achiever's game, I think. And I'm still in awe of people who do retail banking. Corporate bankers will hate me, but, you know, sorry, guys. Yeah, in corporate, you're also in, in that bubble sort of thing, right? Like you're not dealing of with the, like the day-to-day job. That completely changes you for sure. Imad, uh, you're talking about Manolos and you're talking about, yeah. you know, brands and you're talking about stilettos and cocktails and you're talking about billion uh, dollar syndications and you know, it's it's all a different game. You're flying to meet your customers here and there. You've got these, you know, international, you know, trips and offsites. And in retail, suddenly you're talking about Neji, deposit matter karta. And you know, this guy he comes in, he comes on a bike, he puts off his helmet, and he's a branch manager, and he's the best performing branch manager. Like, 
what the hell i mean we have all the luxuries and hum samajhte hain humne teer mara teer ye maar rahe aur nishane pe lag rahe so 17 years of corporate banking loved it if anyone asks me to go back into banking sorry guys that's what happening but i totally respect and salute all the retail bankers out there i think wasak has been a game changer for me in terms of how much i'm loving doing this um i think uh i would want to create some kind of a model around wasak where i'm able to take more properties uh and renovate them restore them and run them uh because that experience i think is all about giving back to the community um letting people their heritage not tearing it down and then taking pride in you know opening up their homes the way their parents would have opened it up and others would so i think that's an experience that i really really want to grow in maria it's been so lovely getting to hear more about the the story of usak and the story of you so thank you so much for taking out the time i am super super grateful thank you thank you thank you for um i don't know identifying selecting choosing me but i think anything at all um i think wasak is for everyone and i mean anyone out there who has this sort of a property no matter how small it is no matter how remote it is please try and preserve it it's i mean it takes very little just put a room on airbnb clean up a room and put it on airbnb and make that the part of your culture but thank you amat thank you once again thank you so much and i look forward to seeing you in lahore yes 100% Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram and YouTube for more stories. You can get in touch with us via email contactdastangoy@gmail.com. Until next time. Thank you. Shukriya. Meherbani. Khudafiz.